Hello, and welcome to episode 172 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we're going to do a little bit of draft help for James. Yeah. Oh, boy, do I need it. I incinerated a whole bunch of golden gems over the weekend. And then we're going to talk about some Explorer decks that I put together uh, when the format was for- first announced and what we've seen in the queues this past week now that the format's live. Yeah, if you guys remember, we uh, kind of talked about Explorer a little bit last week and mentioned that w- there was some content we didn't get to. So uh, part of this episode is going to be that content we didn't get to, talking about some of the decks that we've seen, we've been playing, stuff like that. Yeah, so if you want to get at us uh, anywhere on social media, all of our links are in the description below. So get yeah. on there and talk to us. Absolutely, especially our Discord. Uh, Discord invite link is in the description. Hit that up and head on over and join in the conversation with all the rest of our wonderful listeners. Um, Don't forget, if you guys are looking to support the show a little bit, we would really appreciate it if you used our TCG Player affiliate link. If you're looking to pick up any singles from Nukapena or from Kamigawa or if you're looking to pick up any stuff for Explorer or Pioneer or whatever format you're trying to get into building a deck for, um, tcg.casualtryardmtg.com is the link. Follow that link. As long as that's how you got to TCG Player, whatever you do will help support the show. We'll get credit for your purchase. So we would really appreciate that. And if you guys like what we're doing and you want to support the show a little bit more directly, you can head on over to patreon.com slash casualtryardmtg. Chip a couple bucks in. Like I said, help the show out a little bit more directly if you really like our content. Well, we kind of know you do, but uh, patrons get access to our show notes. They get access to more of us in the pre-show. about roundabouts an hour of extra content every week it's admittedly nothing uh nothing earth shattering it's kind of just us catching up for the week and talking about the show and stuff but it's more of us if you're into if you're into us um you also get put on my mailing list um every couple months i usually send out a swag pack to our patrons um if you want to get put on that list sign up for patreon patreon.com slash casual mtg Um, Also, we're doing our tournament. Uh, Our next one is planned for Saturday, May 14th at 7 p.m. East Coast time. Um, Same format. It's going to be standard popper. So any card that's been printed at common in a standard legal set is going to be legal for this tournament. Kind of just like last time. We are opening up the doors a little bit. Um, I think we got a couple of our listeners are going to help promote it a little bit. And I made the tournament public on MTG Melee. So um, should have a little bit bigger turnout than last time, which hopefully will be a good thing. Um, if you want to sign up, mtgmelee.com, uh, either search Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can just go to Popper. I think last time I checked, there was only a handful of tournaments there, and we were one of them. So head on over there and sign up. Um I don't think anything else for the tournament, but we do have our YouTube channel and we have been putting more effort into getting like an actual show together for YouTube. Yeah. So if you want to do more than just hear our voices, if you want to, you know, look at some visual aids or this super awesome, like spinning logo Brian made. Thanks. Uh, head on over to, yeah. Head on over to YouTube and check out the YouTube version of this, this show. And if you're on YouTube, because it's a new set, I have 
15 drafts queued up and recorded a draft every single day uh, for you to like watch. They range from me killing it to me getting killed. And you can, you can, you can, Watch the expression of my face change depending on how the draft is going. It is it is great. Yeah, I love you, buddy, but you're a riot to watch when you get tilted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was there were definitely a few that I was just like, like I I got nothing. I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. So yeah, so those are all there for you. Yeah. So speaking of drafts, what do you got for me, man? Okay. I uh, I did not do well. Um, I think the best draft I had was a 3-3, and okay. I'm probably five in, and I, I gave up. Like I had so many 1-3s that could not put my finger on this format. Okay, so I have like slid into my normal um, – I just got there uh, uh, yesterday. My mm. normal like mm, 57-ish percent win rate. So I've kind of, I'm at like 56 right now, 13 drafts in. And the format is doing what I thought it was going to do, like right right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of broke into two things. So it kind of reminds me of Keldheim right now. Okay. Where Keldheim, you had like, oh, the one mana, one, two, flying first strike bird thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And like you were just like red, white aggro, mm-hmm. or you were like five color snow. Yeah. Right. And if you were mid rangey and you got paired against one of the five color snow decks, you got buried because they right. just had all the value. And if you were the five color snow deck, you got run over by the aggro deck. So like the mid range decks kind of got pushed out because they always got gone over the top of. And mm-hmm. so that just left these two poles. This format feels similar. Okay. Once you, once as like the three, four, five color pile of just whatever good cards you have, mm-hmm. once you like get the turn like five or six and like you're not dead, you can usually just annihilate the aggro decks. Yeah. Right? Just accrue so much value that it doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And one of the things we said when we did our um, like our set review episode is a lot of times these multicolor focused sets, um, the multicolor cards are really powerful because they're so hard to cast. So even if you're just taking like the three color commons, um, they're usually just better than mm-hmm. anything that somebody that's running like a monocolor or a two color, you know, deck is going to be doing. Oh, is it Sparrow's Adjudicators? Like a five mana, like, uh, four, four that just like pacifies a creature for a turn. Mm-hmm. Right. That card is just amazing. Like I've had like, you know, games where I have like two of them and then a clone and it's just like, well, you can't attack for the next three turns. Yeah. And now I have 12 power and now I'm stable. You can't win. No. So you've got these big decks And then you have, like, the other end of this is, like, the aggressive decks. And the aggressive decks in this format are, basically, there's three of them. There's Mm -hmm. um, blue-white and green-white, where uh, green-white is citizen-based. And, Mm -hmm. like, they have the green-white 2-3 that if you tap a citizen, it becomes a 3-3 lifelinker for two Mm -hmm. mana. 
right? Like that card's just like really hard to block early yeah. in the game. And right, it's also giving them life. So if you're also an aggressive deck, you're just like, oh, they gained six life this game. I'm not going to be able to race them anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, blue white is like a flyers deck where they are able to like play some like reasonably costed flyers, usually at like three mana. Mm -hmm. And then like a couple bounce spells, like a run out of town or, um, hold for ransom. Like hold for ransom is just pacifism. If you don't let them get to seven mana mm -hmm. and like that deck's trying to let you get to seven mana. And then you have the blitz deck, uh, with like girder goons and plasma jockey. Where like yeah. Gerda Goons is secretly like a lightning axe that draws you a card and leaves behind a tutu. Yeah, Gerda Goons was way better, and I thought it was going to be like, that better. card wasn't even my radar. Way better. I've lost a lot of games to Gerda Goons. Yeah. Um, and then you also have um, a Plasma Jockey, where you know they just are consistently getting creatures out of the way. You can tell mm -hmm. that like. They were worried about the aggressive decks not having a way to get through. If you look mm -hmm. at the fact we have Sizzling Soloist, there's like yeah. creature enters the battlefield, something can't block. Okay, cool. And then you have Plasma Jockey attacks, mm -hmm. something can't block. And then uh oh, what is it? The the one and a white plus two plus two, it gets lifelink and flying if it has a counter on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know, like, oh, you're the blue white deck and you have a Rafine's Informant with a counter on it. And they're, and you've got two flyers, but uh, you can't get through with your Rafine's Informant. Well, now you have five, uh, now you have a five power flyer to go with your two power flyers. And now they take nine and they die. Right. So it's very much like your aggro decks can't be like mid rangey. Right. And not have ways to, like, get blockers out of the way or, like, give evasion. Mm -hmm. You can't just be, like, you know, like, just red, back black, aggressive deck that doesn't have plasma jockeys and sizzling solos to get things out of the way. Like, those are the decks that have killed me is when they're just, like, when they're just, like, all right, play the... And also, though the uh oh gosh what is it called one in the red one two that has menace yeah right like that card will deal four or six damage to you mm -hmm. right because if you're playing one of the slower decks you might not have a two drop so then you play your three you can't block then like maybe you don't have a four drop or you use it to like get your mana underneath you on four or whatever mm -hmm. and now you take more or, like, God forbid, they, like, plasma jockey you. You can't block the plasma jockey. The other thing gets in. And now you're just, you're just like, so far behind. Mm -hmm. Right? So they've stuck all this, like, evasion on the on the creatures to, like, kind of get around board stalls. Okay. That might have been one of the mistakes I was making. Because I a couple of my drafts had been, like, aggro-y. Mm -hmm. um, like, I tried drafting at least one blitz deck. But... I don't think I like I never put the two together that like I just had to have some way to force my guys through. So I don't think I prioritized the get the blockers out of the way cards. I was leaning more into removal. Mm -hmm. But the problem with the removal in this set is that it's more expensive than 
something that would just get a guy out of the way. So you end up like committing to killing a thing instead of having a threat and getting a guy out of the way. And like Plasma Jockey, if I told you that you that Plasma Jockey was just um, three mana, deal three, draw a card. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, or a falter that was yeah. a three mana falter that domed your opponent for three and drew yeah. a card. You'd be like, oh, that card's amazing. That has yeah. way too much text for two and a red target creature can't block. Right. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what the card is. So, like, there are times where your opponent will just, like, on turn three, blitz their their plasma jockey to get in five damage. And you're like, yeah. what's going on? And it's like, oh, they have two more plasma jockeys. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm just never going to get the block for the rest of this game. Or mm-hmm. they play, like, a sizzling soloist, and then they're like, plasma jockey, your whole team can't block, take yeah. eight. And you're like, oh, if they have one more plasma jockey, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've played some. I had like, um, so, I had two. My first deck was a Grixis Bombardment deck. Deck okay. was sweet. Uh, I lost two games to uh, people casting Bad Deal and milling my last three cards. Oh, yeah, I flew way too close to the sun. Uh, but then, like, uh, I had like, um, or is it like blue white aggro? But I didn't have like enough flyers and enough ways to get things out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't go well. Green white citizens that didn't have like all the like the get stuff out of the way things or like evasion didn't go well. But I had like a green white aggro that had a little bit of staying power and could get things out of the way, and that went way better. So it's all about like if you're like playing like fair magic. Mm-hmm. Where you're allowing your opponent to like block, I don't think the aggro decks are very good. But like, what makes the blue white flyers that good is there are very few creatures with flying that aren't blue mm-hmm. and white. Yeah, and so like in red, like yeah, I think- like any other set, uh, two and a black for a one-two flying death touch like would not be playable. It's good in this format. It's good in this format, yeah. Um. But, like, the four or five, was it Wrecking Crew? Four or five, mm-hmm. five like, Reach Trample guy. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the blue-white flyer second, if it doesn't have, like, the angel, the, the celestial angel that, yeah. like, comes in and taps something. Like, if it doesn't have that or, like, uh, a hold for ransom, card is literally unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Like, I had uh, multiple games where I was just like, oh, I can't beat that card. But, like, if you have a, like, my last uh, one, I disdainful stroked one, they stood no chance. Or, like, yeah. it's like, oh, like, now you take six, and it doesn't matter what you do next, you die. Right. So it's all about, like, finding those spots to sneak in damage. But if you play, like, a fair game of magic, the multicolored cards are just so much better. Yeah. Now, how do you build the multicolored decks? I don't know. Maybe I tried that too, and I didn't have much success. I, I had, uh, like the way that mine went. If, if I remember correctly, I took, I took a three color rare mm-hmm. as like my pack one, pick two. Like I think my first one, I took something that was easy, like I could have put in any deck. I mm-hmm. very non-committal. My rare wasn't very good, but then I got past two like three color rares back to back. 
And mm-hmm. I just took both of them and said, okay, well, I'm just going to take all of the fixing now. Yeah. So I took every dual land I could find. I took every one of those, um, like the six drops that fix your mana mm-hmm. also. I took every one of those, and then I just took all multicolored cards. So the 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 creatures that fix your lands, yes, like they're they're good. Like I like the the Esper Angel, mm-hmm. the Shattered Seraph. I don't know. I, that's another one I can't ever say when I'm like recording. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Seraph, and I'm like, what am I doing? No. Um, so that one I like. That one I like the the Adjudicators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other ones are like fine, like the the Jund one. I don't think I've ever like taken. I may have had it, like once, and I like the Grixis one. I've played it a few times, mm-hmm. but like I really like, and it goes pretty late still. I really like me an Exhibition Magician. Mm, what's that one? It is two in a red for a two one that makes either a treasure or a oh, citizen. Oh yeah, yeah. It yep. has never made me a citizen, not one time. <laughs> Always fixed your mana. Always fixed my mana. Same thing with like I will like highly pick jewel thieves because yeah. like oh if I have like three jewel thieves I can do whatever I want. It doesn't right. matter anymore. Um, so like I try to lean in on, um, like getting the the fixing. The problem mm-hmm. is that from what I have seen online and my own kind of experience, like green red isn't that good. Yeah. And so, like, if you end up, like, not getting the, like, you know, busted three-color cards that the person who was, like, a disciplined, like, you know, I'm, I'm blue-white, and they, like, you know, were like, well, I can't take this um, whatever card. I'm going to pass it. Yeah. Right? If you don't get a bunch of those, then your deck's, like, eh. It's, yeah. it's whatever. So, like, well, like I, the, the green, red, gold cards are set up for you to be the five-color deck, though. Yes, like they the are. the four drop that's a two drop. If you spend treasures, like it almost might as well not even be a two drop because it's going to take you turns to get set up to the point to cast it with just treasures. Yeah, like you're you're like that's almost flavor text. Yeah, it's just like a four mana, and like the uh, the the stimmy, the stimulus mm-hmm. package. Yeah, like it's you don't get the you don't get the citizen when you sack a treasure. You have to turn your treasure into a citizen. So you didn't get the mana. So, like, I haven't brought myself to put it in my deck yet. Because I'm like, I'm not going to spend four mana to get two treasures when I can big score and get more cards in my deck. But, like, uh, those decks, like, you've got to get past, like, you either have to be totally irresponsible, which my last, uh, like, my deck, this is in my, my spreadsheet, Grixis White. Um, <laughs> I took a Maestro's Charm, and then I took a Maestro's Charm, yeah. and then I took like uh, a white card. I think I took the uh, the Angel, the two one flying draw card, gain a life. Yeah, cards busted. There are people taking it over every rare. Wow! Like the guy who's uh, like was in the you know whatever top twenty mythic drafters or something. He's like I take this over every rare. Wow. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, like that card, like I was just like, yeah, I'll take this and then we'll figure out how I'm going to cast all this stuff. I got mm-hmm. a Void Rend. And it's just, and then I had like two of the five mana deal fives in red. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'll figure it out. It doesn't matter. 
Um, but like, you've got to kind of like, like the lands are important, but I think the treasure makers that are like one color and like, they're more big important score, than the lands are. I think so. Cause okay, like, that might've been part of my problem. Cause I really wasn't focusing super, super high on the treasures. Yeah. Like, cause I, I think like, I think the deck was like base Esper mm-hmm. and then kind of like branched out into five colors. I wasn't base red green. Like I try to like I try to be like have red or green as one of the colors. So I'd rather be like Bant red or like mm-hmm. Bant black. Yeah. Or like Grixis white or Grixis green. Because yeah. then I can have like, you know, get two jewel thieves or like exhibition magician goes super late. Yeah. And like I'm just like, oh my gosh this is perfect. Like this is my third one of these. I can take any card you pass me. I will take now. Yeah. Um, and like big score also where like that card you can't cast, you ditch and you get two treasures and then you cast whatever you draw mm-hmm. is, is a big game. And then a card, it's a that, big score. It is a big score. <laughs> and a card that's really gone up for me in my, uh, is, uh, Oh God. Rogues gallery. Okay. Uh, you know what that one does? Um, not off the top of my head. So two and a black. Uh, for each color, return a creature from your graveyard to your oh, hand yeah, of that yeah. color. Yeah. I had two people back to back scooped me making it a draw for. Oh. Uh, like I just traded one for one, ground them to dust, and then was like, all I need to do is draw a rogues gallery, and this game ends. And I draw mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, I'll get back a shattered seraph. I'll get back an exhibition magician. I'll get back the Grixis thing and I'll get back, uh, the angel that, uh, that draws a card inspiring mm-hmm. angel or whatever. Those are, those are my four cards. I get, they explode on the other side. It's like, yep. I <laughs> could never beat all those cards. Yeah. So like, it's like, Oh, if I have one of these, like all this stuff that I traded off in the early game, which is like a three mana draw for is unbeatable. So, like, you've got to be set up that, you know, that you can weather the early storm Mm -hmm. from the aggressive decks. And then they're, like, reaches, like, a point where just, like, the aggressive deck can't win anymore. Yeah. You're, like, I'm at six, and you have no cards. And I'm now going to win this game because nothing you do now matters. Right. It's like I'll cast a four four flyer that gains me three life and it's like, oh, okay, I'm done. Game over. Yeah. But it is super easy for when you're like, you know, you've got like three tap lands and, you know, you know, the the in a fetch land that you don't don't get to do anything on three. Yep. And then you take like uh, All six it. or seven and you're like, oh no. And then you play a thing, and they're like plasma jockey, take eight, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm dead now. Yeah, I think that was that was most of my problem. Is I think I had way too many tap lands, and like I just never did anything relevant, and the game ended. Yeah, like even though it is like a multicolored format, right? I it's hard to have good things to do on two all the time, but like yeah. I've had a couple decks, you know, they're not always good, but I'm just like, well. Tavern, Tavern Swindler has power and toughness. I have <laughs> zero intention of ever activating this, but like Tavern Swindler, I, I've gotten like 11th pick. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you block. Like, I yeah. just need like 
three two drops to like not get annihilated. Mm. And then my three drops are, you know, Jewel Thief, Exhibition Magician, and, or the Angel. And it's like, these are going to like be the things that like bridge me to the next thing. And also like the treasures from the three drops getting to go like three, three, five, three, five. And then you're just like, oh yeah, my five drop is huge. Like you like play yeah. the Sparrow's adjudicators and you're just like, that can't attack. And I have a four, four on four. And they're just like, oh no, like I lost, they like, they lose their window to push. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you play your next five drop and they're just like, oh, I can't get through now. Then they have to have like a way to like jump or like multiple things to like make it so you can't block. Also, the um, I'm seeing all of the things I did miserably wrong. (laughs) The um, so LSV tweeted that he uh, kind of forced blue white Mm -hmm. to like a seven win deck. Like, so we're to the you can force blue white and like win uh, part of it. So, like, you know, I've tried in my last draft, I tried to wheel the whatever Celestial Angel, the one blue-white, where I'm like, well, I'm going to take this one color card because maybe the angel comes back and the angel doesn't come back. Uh, And, like, I still had a deck that was ridiculously good. Hmm. Like, it was 7-1 and, like, most of the games weren't even close. Yeah. Or they were, like, the... They were the tempo kind of close where you like cross your fingers and you're like, I'm going to give this plus four plus four. And if you don't have a removal spell, you die. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, "Uh, did it work? And, you know, it works or it doesn't. And for me, it worked like the two times I did it. And I was like, sweet, easy. But then there were other games where it just like didn't matter what they did. It was like, oh, counter that, bounce that, you're dead. Yeah. And that was with someone else taking the blue white uh, common. Gotcha. So, like, you can get a decent blue-white deck even if you're not the only person drafting it. But we're, like, to that point. And there's also, like, um, the dagger, the flash dagger that gives something uh, plus one, plus one on first strike. Mm -hmm. Apparently that card's playable. Yeah, I got blown out by it. I got blown out by it, like, twice. But, like, again, LSV was like, oh, yeah, I have two Ember Cleaves in my deck. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I was like, calm down, everyone, calm down. Uh, certainly not Embercleave. Certainly not Embercleave. Games aren't ending on turn four, right? But they're getting close to it. Um, so that card's apparently way better than I've given it credit for. I've not played one, but yeah, you've got to be looking for if you're aggressive. Like the game can't really get past turn five or six, mm-hmm. and if you're not Otherwise, aggressive, or just kind of slams shut. Yeah. It's just like, oh, they gained too much life or they like played two big bodies that I can't ever get through. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're like the long game decks, you're like, I just need like a bunch of removal and like cannon fodder that's like leaving me a little bit of value at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. So then I can maneuver it to like, here's my big thing that slams the door. But like, I've played like the black a red, like a kind of an eh, black red sack deck, and it was decidedly eh. I played against it, and like body dropper can be scary, but also doesn't super oh. matter. Like that deck doesn't seem good. Like the mid rangey decks just seem like eh. Yeah. And like, I don't think like the removal is good enough. 
like I, the way it lines up against the creatures in the format mm-hmm. i don't like it's not ideal like strangle being a sorcery really hurts it yeah um murder being three mana because there's a lot of times you trade like even because like you can't not right. kill a jewel thief right right so you're like well i guess i gotta spend my murder on this or whatever and she's like oh that feels really bad well, it's also awkward because of the shield mechanic. Oh, yeah. Like, it just turns off your removal spells unless you want to be two for one. Mm-hmm. And, the, the, like, even... I don't think that there is technically a shield deck. Like, I don't think I've played against one, but enough decks have, like, one or two, you know, reasonable shield creatures where, like, you're going to get two for one. Yeah, like, I mean, the... The two one flash flyer for yeah. uh, four. That's just yeah. like a walking two for one. Like you attack and they're just like flash it and eat your thing. Mm-hmm. Lose my shield counter, so I have a two one flyer, and you're just like, oh geez. Yeah. Like it's uh it's like ravenous chupacabra. It's like, oh geez. Mm-hmm. Or if like flame tongue cavo if it did two. Right. Or is it flame tongue yearling, the modern horizons yeah, one? The modern horizons one. Right, but it's like the same kind of thing where you're just like, oh, I guess I just like got annihilated here great yeah. i also play but, like, like i said like th- that makes the removal not good it and does. you really can't have a mid-range deck without decent removal yeah you just there there are just too many points where your removal is dead or like kind of poorly costed yeah uh and like so then like to make up for that you've got to go like bigger Mm-hmm. So that when you do like slog through the stuff that you have something that like really slams the door. Yeah. Right. But it is in also you have, Oh God, what is it? The, the guy who carries a big wrench, the green creature. Mr. Orfeo. No. Oh, the, the thrag tusk. Yeah. Like you yeah. have cards like that where you're just like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. It's like, uh, I guess. Cause like I had a game where I was like, all right, whatever they play next, I'll just kill, kill it. And they play us like, well, we lost. Yeah, I I lost to to someone played the. Uh, this is the one where I melted down. <laughs> played the <laughs> one mana one one the black one that like you pay a life and it gets plus one plus zero. Oh. Yeah, and then they put sticky fingers on it. Oh, and proceeded to only draw three lands all game. <laughs> and just like cast everything in their hand off i was just like what is what is happening because i was like i was like oh, i had like six wins i was like well if this is an aggressive deck we are just dead like this keep is not set up to like beat an aggressive deck and they played that i was like well it's been fun everyone and then the sticky fingers i was like what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> and then they played like a two drop and i was like oh no Oh, You're no. supposed to deal one damage to it, is what you Apparently, did. Apparently, and did not have a uh, grizzly sigil to make that happen. So, you mentioned the sticky fingers. Um, there's a couple auras that are like same category as sticky fingers, mm-hmm. at least that I've seen. How do you feel about those enchantments in general? There's sticky fingers. There's the blue one that's like a curiosity kind of, mm-hmm. right? Or it connives when it yep. connects. Security protocol or security yeah. breach. One of the security two. breach. Yeah. And then uh Rafine something other the one mana plus one plus one. Mm-hmm. Um so I have drafted sticky fingers. I've never played it. Okay. 
I don't feel like it's good enough, but then there's also part of me that just like got utterly clowned by it. Well, and it's when like, you it replaces itself, right? When the creature dies, I think so. So yeah. you're not you're not down a card, and you mentioned the aggro decks. It's important to get stuff out of mm-hmm. the way, and Menace certainly gets stuff out of the way. Yeah. So what I was gonna say is like, is there a deck where you get to take like good? like black and red uncommon level cards or rares and then you get past late like you know the whatever cutthroat guy the one made a one one and you can mm-hmm. get like sticky fingers like pick 13 yeah. so right you're like you're using your early picks to like assemble like a powerful like you know a bunch of powerful three and four drops you know you get uh the the prized fighter or like yeah. the the pugilist right Mm-hmm. And and then you're getting all these other cards that no one else wants late, like Sticky Fingers and and like Sticky Fingers on even like the two mana menace per, uh, guy. Hey, like replaces itself mana wise, lets you cast a three right after it, like mm-hmm. upside. So like I can see where it has a place. And then I have played I played Security Breach in my last. Um, deck i didn't get to go off with it i came close uh so i had uh two fairy vandals Mm -hmm. so slap that on a fairy vandal you get like two plus one plus one counters every time it hits yeah that Uh, card's way better than i thought it was gonna be also and they can't block it yeah um and i also played the the i only played one the rafines whatever the because I had two or three of the double strike uh, connive guy, like when you target it, connive. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I just need things that target these. Mm-hmm. Because I had two of the uh, uh, the plus the plus two plus two flying lifelink. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I just need this to be like a four power creature and then kill them. Yeah. And so I'm like, I just need something that targets this idiot. And that's what I ended up... That was one of the things I ended up using. So I think in, like, you know, a deck where you care about the targeting, Mm -hmm. it's fine, but I don't think it's good. Okay. I've not seen anyone else play it, which is probably an indictment on me putting it in my deck, but it did what I needed it to do. Okay. I mean, I've played it a couple times, and... It doesn't replace itself like the Sticky Fingers does, but I mean, you like can, you said, on a Fairy Vandal, like the things, un- it makes it unblockable and it gets two counters every turn. Yeah, the security security breach. Yeah. yeah. So like I had like two Fairy Vandals, two of the two One Angels, um, two of the two Three like Tap Angels. So like I just needed counters on things, mm-hmm. and I had like one Boon of Safety. So I can mm-hmm. be like, ha, like, gotcha. So like, you know, the the uh, the dream of like, uh, they they attack with a one toughness thing. You ambush it with your fairy vandal. Then you like security protocol or security breach attack. Like get two counters and then boon of safety it, and the game ends. Yeah. On like turn on like turn three. Yeah. Uh, so like that is like that is I think a reasonable way to like play a game in this format but like if you get your 
uh, if you get your fairy vandal blown up mm-hmm. or uh, something like, then you're just so far behind that you're like bigger opponent can just do something that you're like, oh, I can't beat a wrecking crew. I don't have a removal spell. I don't have um, uh, a way to like force force through or tap it or whatever. Also, uh, witness protection. Mm-hmm. Right, if you're the blue white flyers deck, that is literally swords to plowshares. Like, I, I you, think it's just swords to plowshares, like in every deck. I there were multiple games I played where I had three legitimate businessmen on my battlefield. Yeah, <laughs> I I have not drafted that as highly as I should in the blue white flyers deck, or I did in one, uh, but like didn't end up with enough flyers. But like, if you have like six, seven, eight flyers in your deck, yeah. like you don't care. Right. You're like, I'm going to trade four damage for one, and I'm going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, you can have a, a stupid 1-1. One, one, I don't care. No. Also, um, you probably weren't doing this, but for everyone who plays a connive, uh, a card with connive, mm-hmm. the alternate mode is discard a spell, get a plus one, plus one counter. The main mode is discard an excess land. Right. Right? Like, Rafine, don't play it. <laughs> yeah, Rafine's Informant is good because on turn five you can discard your sixth land. Yeah. Right. You're you're probably not going to need six or seven lands in play. Yeah. So, like, even like I've had like turn threes where I'm like, well, or turn two, I'm like I have four lands in my hand and I've got like I only have like three cards that cost more than like three mana. I'm just going to ditch my fourth land here because I will draw a fourth land eventually and mm-hmm. I'd rather have a crack at another spell. Right. As opposed to, I want the counter on this. Yeah. And now there are times where you're like, you know what, I'm going to, like, my hand shapes out that I want a 3-2 so then I can angel and then I can, like, hold for ransom and start bashing for five. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that works out. But for the most part, you're just like, I need to keep, like, gas flowing. So don't think that, like, I know Connive tells you to discard a spell, but you don't have to. Don't think to. you have to. Yeah, don't feel, like, obligated. Just be like, you mm-hmm. know what? I I know I'm going to win this game if I don't flood out. Yep. So make sure you don't flood out. So that Sage would, advice. Yeah. So just keep that in mind, especially, like, if you are, like, the blue-white aggressive deck or a gr- the green white aggressive deck and you're just like you know what I just need to go I need to curve out I need to make sure I hit like like I know I'm going to hit my my 3 drop and then I can I can go like 2 2 on 4 I don't need this fifth land go away yep. and then like later in the game like hold your lands so you can turn them into to hopefully spells or the next land down so you can get through right. it faster all right, so that was that was our limited discussion. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So we had last time talked about Explore, and we yeah. had some decks that I had thrown together, but mm-hmm. uh, Seth, probably better known as <laughs> Saffron Olive. You beat us to the punch. Yeah, did a video on Sunday. What was that about? Yep. Um, he basically made a tier list of all of the decks in Pioneer that could be exported to Explorer. Um, 
obviously S tier being the best, A tier, you know, right up there, all the way down to decks that are missing key components or like will not work in Explorer. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I bring this slide up to show you guys is because we only have so much time in our episodes. Um, we couldn't get to this stuff last week, and I don't think we're going to get through all of it this week either. Um, but this article's here, and I think Brian is going to try and put a link in the description to this mm-hmm. article if you want to learn more about the Explorer format. I know both of us are pretty excited about the Explorer format, so hopefully some of you guys are too. Um, I would imagine a reasonable amount of our content is going to be Explorer for at least until the newness wears off. Um, Don't don't change it up a little bit. But if you guys are interested in some more of what we're talking about today, um, he went significantly deeper than we did. We kind of only looked at lists that maybe we were interested in or were like relatively easy ports to explore. Um, Seth went a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. So... Uh, also, if you're if you're in the Discord, I posted this video up on Sunday. Yeah. So I was I was on the ball with that. Yeah. So he's, he's got some stuff that we were uh, yeah interested in here. Yeah. So uh, last week I had like a list of decks that like. So I've been playing historic with one hand tied behind my back. Yeah, you've been playing Explorer in Historic. Yes, I've been playing Explorer in Historic for basically ever since Historic got super weird. Mm -hmm. Because my thought process was I want to learn how to play decks that I will actually like play in paper Right. at some point. So I want to play as close as I can to a Pioneer deck even if I'm running it into like Muxus's and like Faithful's looting, flashback, Elishnor. Stuff that you wouldn't see. Yeah. And my my thought process is always like, all right, like this is how this plays out. But yeah, okay, this isn't a like this isn't a real deck I have to worry about. So yes, I got like annihilated. But yeah. right, like this is how the deck would play out for these turns. These are, this is the right lines to take. But something ridiculous happened that I can never beat because like I'm at a different power level. Right. You got Dragon Race Channeler. Yeah, I got Dragon... Cards that are banned in uh, Modern and Legacy uh, got me. Oh, I got Faithless Looting. Hmm. Problem. Right. So, do you want to go through them in the order that I had them? Or... No, absolutely. So, first up, we have... And this was a, uh, a list I was playing a while back. Someone had tweeted it. As like a as a Jeskai list, as like a Yorion pile, mm-hmm. and it's blue red creativity. Okay. So no Yorion though. No Yorion. I cut it down to blue red to yeah. like make the mana better, and I don't know. I'm just kind of opposed to Yorion. Like my deck should be sixty cards, <laughs> not eighty. Yeah. And so what is uh what is you or uh, blue red creativity looking to do? So. There is a combo that is um, that allows you to make as many hasty one-one flyers as you have cards in your deck. Okay. And that is if you get a Sage of the Falls, which is mm-hmm. from Throne of Eldraine, two and a sorry four and a blue for a two-five. That whenever it or another non-human uh, creature enters the battlefield, you get to loot. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, you Locus, may, so you may. don't you don't have to. You can stop. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the Locust God says, whenever you draw a card, make a one-one um, uh, insect with haste. Yep. So yep. when they both come into the battlefield at the same time, you get two instances of the draw trigger. And then each time you draw, you make a bug. You make a bug, which then triggers the Sage of the Falls. Yep. So this can play basically like a control deck. Yeah, a lot of the cards that are in here look, you know, just like regular control cards. You have Opt, Fire Prophecy, Anger, mm -hmm. Expressive Iteration, you know, Mystical Dispute, some interaction. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is get a collection of, you need two, two things that you can target with mm -hmm. uh, Indomitable Creativity. Yep. And that goes through your deck and looks for two creatures the only two mm -hmm. creatures in your deck are sage of the falls and the locust god so then you just make a whole bunch of hasty one one flyers and you kill your opponent yep so you play things like big score which i guess was unexpected windfall because it wasn't on a yeah. uh uh goldfish yet but like big score and uh to get to get uh treasures to sacrifice you can also mm -hmm. play the uh, the red land. Um, what is he called? Sokenzan. Yeah, Sokenzan, Crucible of Defiance that makes yep. two one ones. Two one ones. So like instant speed on their turn f at the end of their turn four, you're like make two one ones, untap, kill you. Yeah. So you can like play this like control game, but then it has like a combo finish. So mm -hmm. like the person who originally tweeted it was like, oh, it's Splinter Twin. Splinter Twin's back. Right, where you play this like control game and then you just have like an oops, I win. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. But like Prismari Command gives you interaction plus yeah. can give you like a uh, a piece of cardboard. Mm -hmm. Fable of the Mirror Something Breaker. Something to sack to indomitable creativity. Yep, Fable of the Mirror Breaker gives you two pieces of cardboard. Yes. Or, or more if you want to Or more, attack. yeah. Yeah. So like it just has all these little synergies that lets you... Um, uh, like just get to the point where you can win the game. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my build that I have in here is right, but it's, I think a reasonable place to start. Yeah. So, there's this version looks like it has an awful lot of dig and not a whole lot of like interaction. Yeah. Like you have the fire property and the anger of the gods and then like the disputes in the Prismari command. Mm -hmm. But like, it seems like there's a lot of holes in that interaction suite. Yeah. Um, Fire Prophecy is there because it lets you put one of the two creatures back on the bottom of your deck. Yeah. If you draw it, same with Valakut Awakening. Mm -hmm. That lets you put, um, like if you draw those cards, you can just slow them back into your deck. So mm -hmm. a few ways to get things back in. But yeah, you could definitely, like I probably have too many expressive iterations. Maybe there should only be like two or three as opposed to the four. So... This is a thing to start with, I think. Mm -hmm. But it is a, a reasonable place, and like I played it to, or a version of it to pretty good success in Historic. So we don't have Narset and Collective Defiance, but we do have, uh, you know, this kind of blue-red combo control deck. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to go bigger with Yorion, the 
the upside of you of playing an 80 card deck is you are less likely to draw Sage of the Falls and the Locust God. <laughs> that is true. Right. Nominal creativity doesn't care. Right. Uh, how many cards are in your deck other than for drawing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it is a good place to start, I think. Yeah. Seems solid. Now, this next one is, I think, one of the decks you played the most with. Yeah, this is um, my baby. Yeah. Affectionately Zombie Rally, even though Rally's not here. Um, yeah. Return to the Ranks does a pretty good job of mm-hmm. sliding in for um, Rally the Ancestors. But this deck is, you know, can kind of do two different game plans. You're either just a zombie beat down deck, which it does super well with Champion of the Perished. You can get some, you know, decent mid-range value out of Crypt Breakers. And then you kind of have a combo kill after you've, you know, traded off some resources, milled some of these zombies into your graveyard. You get a couple Wayward Servants and Corpse Knights, and you return them back to the battlefield, and you can drain your opponent for an insane amount all at once, like out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's good that you do have, like, the backup plan, right? You don't have to be all in on like being a graveyard deck mm-hmm. right because you can just go like champion into lots of tap reaver yeah attack for it's three. a very fast clock yeah it's like oh basically you flip a delver yeah and then you're just bashing them i haven't yeah. played it in explorer and i haven't seen it played i've played it a little bit in explorer like i said i kind of incinerated all my uh in-game currency pretty quickly so i quickly moved on to you know, things that were a little bit less expensive to play. And I already had all of this stuff. So um, a couple things that I noted is I wasn't really ever in a position where I ever wanted to see a priest of forgotten gods. Oh, see, I think priest of forgotten gods is great. Mm -hmm. I haven't played it in Explorer. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a difference between Explorer and pioneer, but like I'd never, I always wanted to be doing something different. I was either applying pressure and didn't want to take a turn off to get it on the battlefield, or it was a top deck and I needed something else. So like I like I use it as like my removal because mm-hmm. like I would aggressively sack things to try mm-hmm. to dig to like the uh, return to the ranks. Okay. And then also you get in these situations where like um on like on turn three, you can Priest of Forgotten Gods away two things, like, uh, and then immediately return to the ranks and deal like six damage. Mm-hmm. And now you've now you've like put a, put them on a clock where you put six power onto the battlefield, dealt them six damage. And so, like, I really liked Priest of the Forgotten Gods in the deck, but I haven't played it in Explorer versus Historic. Okay. Like there were definitely times where like it is awkward when you go like champion and then you're like, well, do I want to play my priest or do I want to play my Lassatep Reaper? It's like, well, if I play yeah. my priest, I can like Lassatep Reaper on three, sack it, kill their creature, make my thing bigger and then get mana to like play some stuff out. But then you lose the like super fast like champion start. So it does, like, not fit there. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed a little out of place in the... I think it seemed a little out of place in the format in general Mm -hmm. because of the type of decks I was seeing. 
like there's a ton of red black midrange floating around mm -hmm. and for the most part like they're killing their stuff off on their own like it's it's not an inconvenience to them to have to sacrifice something to priest of the forgotten gods fair and the other deck i've seen a lot of is like the either blue white control or you know three or four color yorian control mm -hmm. And they also, it's kind of just a dead card against them. It doesn't really do anything. Yeah, so like I said, I've, I had it in, this is a list I was playing like two yeah. months ago. So things yeah. have changed. And like, I don't think Priest of the Forgotten Gods is like particularly good against like Winota. Right. Right, which is Yeah, like, I mean, they've got enough mana dorks yeah, where they can throw something away like that doesn't stuff. matter. I don't know what goes in that spot. But there yeah, are, like, know. some reasonable, like, two-drop zombies that could go on that spot. Mm -hmm. uh, also, like, this was a Loris deck when I first built it. Mm -hmm. But Loris is now banned. So you don't have to be, because like, I'm pretty limited to, like, everything is two mana value or less in the permanent well, slot. Well, I mean, that works for Return to the Ranks, too, because Return does. to the Ranks has to be two or less. Yeah. But, like, you do, like, there is an argument that you could either have a different two drop in there or you could maybe go a little bit bigger. But, yeah, like a headless rider or something. Mm -hmm. Like that, like, out of the board so that you, like, have a way to, to go a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. But, um, so the, the concessions for being explorer versus being pioneer is one I have Dusk Dawn mm -hmm. as opposed to, um, Rally the Ancestors. And, like, I've won a number of games by dusking away all my opponent's stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, the fact that Dawn just puts it into your hand as opposed to cast uh, onto the battlefield is like. For five mana, for yeah. For five mana is pretty brutal. Yeah. And the other thing is the Shattered Sanctums that are in the deck would be Caves mm -hmm. of Poilos. Yes. And there are plenty of times where you like, you have a, a draw that's like Shattered Sanctum and something else, and you can't like you can play the Champion of the Parish, but then you can't play your two drop. Yeah, or your and, Crypt Breaker. Yeah, and then you're like super far behind because mm -hmm. again you lost that like fast start, or you didn't get to go Crypt Breaker and the Lost Tap Reaver draw a card. Yeah. So that is a. That is like the the biggest drop. Like those two things are a pretty big uh, downgrade for the deck. Mm -hmm. But are there any like any other zombies from like Shadows or Eldritch Moon that you'd want in here that we don't have on the client yet? Um, if you're not if you're not sold on Priest of the Forgotten Gods, there is Re Relentless Dead. Oh yeah. Um, that's like recursive zombie. Is like a two-two menace for black black. I think. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think so. So like that could be. In and there. it comes back, and it, it can bring something else back. Yeah. It it it's just a wall of text, and it's on a yeah. two-mana mythic. There's yeah. also um, what is it? Graveyard Marshal, the three-two for black black. Yeah. Um. I think it's from like a core set. I think it might actually be on the client. I think it is. Um. That like exile sings from the graveyard and just does a bunch of stuff and is just like a three two for two. What about like any of the lords? There's a bunch of lords that are legal in explore. Yeah, um, 
that's like the do you like do you want to lean into like the zombie aggro deck which yeah. you absolutely could right where you could be like all right i'm gonna put in like, i think death baron's on the client right and then lord yeah. of the accursed is also yep, on the client so yep. like you could like death baron lord of the accursed cut the dusk dawns and the priest of forgotten gods and be like a zombie deck that also occasionally just you know deals 40 to your opponent off of a, a return to the ranks yeah and you can also like chain return to the ranks mm-hmm. where you like if you have two you get back a couple white creatures mm-hmm. and then use them to convoke it to right. then get back a few more so you're like oh i've got like seven mana and it's like well cool that gets you back five creatures which then gets you back three so like you can rebuild after a wrath really quick and maybe just like oops kill them. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you yeah, can I hope so. If you're bringing back seven creatures, then yeah, <laughs> they should. <laughs> they die. should be pretty close to dead. Yeah, some number of those are going to be wayward servants or corpse knights. Yes, so. yes, and so yeah, you could just become like a zombie aggro deck where you play some like you know lord suite, and like yeah. that's your A plan, and then your B plan is like oh yeah. You're at 15, you're dead. Mm-hmm. That's another way to build it. But this one was this one was a lot of fun. Like Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I played this some over the weekend. That's how I knew for Priest of Forgotten Cods might not be uh might, might not be positioned accurately currently. Yeah. So what's up next? Next we have hey. uh your boy, Esper Combo Cars. Esper Combo Cars. With the greasy boy. With the greasiest boy. I still need to get one altered uh, to put your face on him. But <laughs> one day. One day. One I got to. So, I got, I, got I wonder if someone can alter uh, a full art foil greasy boy for you. <laughs> um, so there are two Cabo cars, right? We have Esper, and we'll talk about Mardu here in a second. Esper is more controlling. Mm-hmm. It's almost like kind of like a blue black control deck I mean very much so that has a like combo finish yeah so kind of like the blue red creativity deck that was a blue red control deck that just oops I win same thing mm-hmm. here so we took this list uh, in the pre-show because uh, um, I had <laughs> built a desperate combo cards list which was not good I didn't wish to expose you guys to that well um, I mean part of the issue was that when when we put this list or all of these lists together. It was two weeks ago before any of this stuff was out yet. Yeah. So we didn't like we couldn't actually put it in here because it wasn't here yeah, and like to could, put in. And like also couldn't like test it. Yeah. So this is interesting. It's playing Ledger Shredder. There we go. I got through it. You it's got it. Two mana one three that when you cast your second spell each turn it connives. Mm-hmm. So right, it gives you an extra way to discard to get your vehicle in the graveyard right and it also is giving you a threat right a lot Mm -hmm. of the esper grease fang lists are so hard on the control side of things that they don't have a plan b right right their only way to win is to greasy boy a parhelion yeah so having something like this that is like working towards your actual like game plan Mm-hmm. And being a threat that your opponent has to burn a removal spell on, yeah, uh, is really important. 
right? So, like, I hadn't seen that before, and that's interesting. Like, I really want to try to make Rafine's informant work in the deck. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this version is way more blue-black, and I don't think the mana could support a two-mana white spell. Yeah, you'd have to change it all around. Yeah. So, like, I was trying to do blue-white splash black so that I could uh, get a, a Faithful Mending. Mm-hmm. as like my discard spell and they're they're getting around that by playing the new blue black uh charter course tainted indulgence yeah. which kind of does everything that faithful mending does or a big part of it because you only really need to discard one card it needs right. to be uh, a vehicle. yeah it needs to yeah. be parhelion so yeah so this you're just digging Playing a little bit of removal, it plays like a sweeper. Yeah, there's one extinction event, um, some fatal pushes, some infernal grasps. Yeah. And a bunch of cantrips. Yep, so you're just trying to assemble it as quickly as you can and deal 13 and hope they can't answer two angels. Yep. Uh, the the two main concessions we made in this uh, deck was we have memory deluge in here. And yeah, it's supposed it, to be dig through time, right? Yeah, but we don't have that. Memory Deluge is a reasonable percentage of dig through time. Yeah, it's close-ish. And it, uh, it has the upside of if you've discarded it to chart a course or tainted indulgence or connived it away, you can cast it out of the graveyard later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like maybe there should only be like maybe there shouldn't be three since you don't get like the dig through time discount of casting it for two. Yeah. And then in the sideboard, they had Monastery Mentor. Yeah. As a, uh, I'm assuming a juke against like Graveyard Hate. You just like bring in your mentor. Like you have a ton of spells that you want to cast anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were like, well, Sedgemore Witch does a reasonable per- reasonable percentage of that job. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't kill as fast. Yeah. Like, I mean, Monastery Mentor can kill over like two turns, and Sedgemore Witch isn't going to do that, but. It's a little stickier, harder to deal with. Yeah, and it's, again, it's the closest thing in the format to um, yeah. uh, uh, Monastery Mentor. Unless you went, like, the other thing I thought of was Poppet Stitcher. Oh, Poppet Stitcher might be good. Yeah, you could also Poppet Stitcher in this in this spot as well. So there's there are, like, two things you could try to kind of get that Monastery Mentor vibe back. I wonder... As- Poppet Stitcher turns all your tokens into poppets, right? It does. I wonder if there's any way to get some like treasure stuff in here. Does it turn does it turn your non-zombies into I, I think it's anytime you would make a token. Okay. Yeah, I think it I think it just turns all of your tokens into poppets. So yeah, there is a there is an argument that you could do that. Um Yeah. I hadn't thought oh, about Oh, no, creature him. tokens you control lose abilities. Oh, it become, is just creatures? Yeah, and okay. have base power and toughness 3-3. Three, three. Okay. So, like, there's another, that's another thing you could try in that slot. But this mm-hmm. is way more like, I have to get a Parhelion. If I don't, I am going to die. Yeah. But it does, like, it is trying to address some of that by having, like, a second creature that can get kind of out of hand really fast. Yeah. And then we. So, have, oh, go ahead. do you want to talk about the other uh, greasy deck, or do you want yeah, to go? Yeah, let's talk about in the other greasy here. deck. Keep All them right. together here. All right. 
So then we have uh, Mardu Greasefang, which mm-hmm. is a deck that 100 per, like all but like one card in the main deck uh, goes from the Pioneer version into um, Explorer. The only and that thing, one card is an Urborg. It's <laughs> an Urborg, which I turned into Agadim's Awakening, which yeah. has won me games where it's just brought back a Greasefang on six mana. For sure. Yep. So, like, there are upsides to being an Agadim's Awakening over being a, uh, an Urborg. So I actually made a couple... I, I played this deck a little bit over the weekend, and I made a few updates, or okay. mainly just one update. Um, I think if you're in red-black and you're playing Blood Tithe Harvester, mm-hmm. you're making a mistake if you're not playing Ob. So I haven't messed with the deck too much. Yeah. Um. I my thought for Obnik's list in this list was I could definitely see it being like a sideboard option. Okay. Right? Like if you uh if you are going to uh play against control a lot, like mm-hmm. we talked about in the pre show, like if you Blood Tithe Harvester play an ob and get two of them, like on turn three like your control opponents like zero percent to win that game like oh you played a tap land on turn two you're dead yeah. yeah uh but i worry that you could dilute the main game plan too much well i mean i definitely did i cut i cut the big boat huh. and i cut croxa and huh. soren so um well Croxa and Soren went to the sideboard. Okay. Like there are times where I'm like, I wish I had a second Croxa. Yeah. And I don't know what to cut. But yeah. I could see like But like Ob does most of what Croxa does. Fair. Fair. Like it's it is like attacking their hand in like it is like a threat that they have to deal with. Yeah. Um yeah, I could see that. Like I the other thing I could maybe see cutting is uh the can't stay away you could kind of mm-hmm. play maybe one of those yeah like i like the soren as sometimes it is just like a threat you plus but it is just kind of another like can't stay away yeah the way to bring back greasy boy yeah the upside of like can't stay away over soren is the turn two wins yeah wins. i mean you can also mill it and cast it out of your graveyard where you couldn't with soren yeah but i gonna say when you like when your citrus supplier just flips over as greasy a, boy and a parhelion and you're looking at a, uh, a can't stay away and you're just like, Oh, this game ends on turn two. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, I'm going to tap out and like play something dumb. And you're like, awesome. Take 13. Perfect. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, when you're like, sweet. Yeah. I win. So yep. yeah, like I haven't messed with Ob, but I think I got, um, I was playing this in Historic before uh, the set came out because, like, I just wanted to see how it played. Mm-hmm. And I got the Diamond 3 yeah. in Historic playing an Explorer deck. So the thing this has over it, other than Esper, is it plays a lot more creatures. Yeah, I mean, it does something besides make a Parhelion. Yeah. So, like, Citrus Supplier, like, supports your Parhelion plan. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then Valderian Epicure and Blood Tithe Harvester are just reasonable creatures that, and, that also kind of support your plan. Yeah, that like give you a way to discard. 
But like you can yep. go like Epicure into Blood Tithe Harvester, and now your control opponent has to deal with the four power on the board. Right. And if they deal with the four power on the board, now you have a way to get, um, you know, sneak your Grease Fang in. Or, you yeah. know, they don't want to use the removal spell on this stuff because they know that you're a Grease Fang deck. Yeah. And so now... The other thing that, like, this deck has over the Esper deck is that the Esper deck probably isn't going to kill in one shot. Yes. It's going to be, like, over two turns, and your opponent has a chance to react. Um, this version, your opponent's going to be dead in one shot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're going to have dealt some number of damage, and your opponent will just die. There are times where, like, I had someone at 14 and attacked, put him to one, and then was like, play Valdor and Epicure, kill you. Yeah. Right? And, like, you don't have that, like, extra bit of reach and that extra right. pressure in the Esper deck. Yeah. And you get to play, like, sneaky, one of the top, like, 15 to 20 cards in the format of Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Yeah. Right, like I didn't think that card was very good initially, but the more I think about it, it is just um uh gosh, what is his his name? Season Pyromancer. Yeah. It's just Season Pyromancer, and that card is good. Uh oh. Yeah, he's trying, he's trying to mouse he's trying to mouse over it to show the people in the video and it's just wigging out on him. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Ooh, so they're all going crazy. Oh, there we go. We got some back. Oh, the, all the ones that have two sides uh, are not yeah. working, right? Yeah. You have one side, we're golden. Two sides, we're broken. No. Um, so, yeah, like, I could definitely see, like, if you, like, cut a few pieces to, like, sneak in, like, two or three obs, mm-hmm. right? Now you've just added another another thing on three they have to deal with. Yeah. Right? Oh, and another thing that this has, because it has so many creatures, is Deadly Dispute. Mm-hmm. Right? You just get to get through your deck so fast. And, right, you have all these uh, uh, blood tokens laying around, which you can yep. feed to your Deadly Dispute to like, get to your pieces. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've definitely had uh, games where I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to Deadly Dispute. I'm going to use the treasure to, like, discard uh, a Parhelion, and then I'll uh, be able to, like, sneak my grease fang out yeah also um if you're playing against the next deck we're going to talk about which is winota <laughs> right um being able to sack a blood token to turn on a fatal push huge it's huge yeah they're just or like treasure yeah they're like doop to doop to doop here's my winota and you're just like yeah uh i'll discard my probably and kill your winota kill you next turn and they're just like oh that was that was brutal. I guess. That, <laughs> oh no! Right. I was going to agent a treachery you. Yeah, I was going to take your second land drop. Not today, Satan. <laughs> um, so, like, just having that, like, the the blood tokens give you an extra amount of play. Yeah. Um. So, like, Soren and Can't Stay Away are in there because you have Stitcher Supplier, and you're going to mill mm-hmm. your Grease Fangs. Yeah. So, just a way to get them back. Agadim's Awakening also does that as well. But yeah, like, I could definitely see, like, being, like, an ob deck as well. Like, leaning more into, like, I'm red-black mid-rangey control thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, this deck could also have, like, 
you know, if Winota wasn't omnipresent, right, like Bone Crusher Giant would be good in this deck. Right. Right. But it deals two, which does not kill a Winota. <laughs> does not kill a Winota. So, yeah, but this has been Lightning a lot of Axe fun. Lightning Axe does. Lightning Axe does. I've gotten to be with a Lightning Axe. This has been yep. the, um, this has been my, I'm just going to like play a deck deck. Mm-hmm. Like I've got, like I just play Mardu. And like I think I got ten wins today playing it. Just like okay, like I need to, I need to like relax for a few minutes. Oh, I'll thirteen you. Okay, cool. Moving on. Feel good. <laughs> Feel good. I still got it. Yeah, pellet cleanser. Pellet cleanser, exactly. So, if you were gonna like start somewhere, if you were like I don't want to play Winota, or like if you're into a, a Grease Fang deck, like I would start here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dex, Dex a blast to play. Yeah, and like, and it's not all in like the Esper is. The Esper. One, you're basically just doing one thing. Yeah. Um, where the Mardu, Mardu one, you definitely have a different game plan if the Grease Fang Perhelion doesn't work out. Yeah, and like you also have the thing where you look at your opening hand and you're like, oh, we're on the beatdown plan. Like yep. you can just keep hands that like have like nothing going on mm-hmm. at all. And you're just like, oh, like I've got like one drop, two drop, and like a, two removal spells. I'll figure this out because, like, your one and your two drop show you cards. No, right? I have definitely kept Voldaren Epicure, Blood Tithe Harvester, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, and one without like, making like Greasy easily. Boy. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, like, you just got clowned. Yep. So that is very different than the other, than the Esper version. Yep. But if you want to combo people, like, that one's probably better at comboing people. Mm-hmm. Speaking of comboing people, not oh, all the boy. time. <laughs> So, uh, there's Winota, mm-hmm. and I think Winota is like the hard limit on the format. Where like, what do you what do you mean by that? You have to build your deck or your sideboard or both in a way that accounts for this deck being in the format. Yeah, right. We talked about the fact that like it's your job when you're playing if your opponent goes like land mana dork to like run through all the possibilities and put Winota at the top. Right. And be like, okay, I'm now playing this game to on turn three deal with a four, four. Right. Right. So is that like trying to dig for your lightning axe or like make sure you have a blood token up for your fatal push or, you know, you're playing blue. Like, so we were making changes to the blue black, uh, to, to the Esper Grease Fang deck to get everything like legal in the format. And mm-hmm. it had an Eliminate in the main deck. And then Eliminate and a uh, Murderous Cut. Well, Murderous yep. Cut's not legal. And Eliminate, and eliminate doesn't kill Winota. So, like, I don't think you can play Eliminate. Like, yeah. you, like that's why it became Infernal Grasp, because it kills a Winota. So, if you haven't played against this, this deck wants to go turn one Mana Dork. Mm-hmm. Turn two, uh, preferably prosperous innkeeper. Turn three, Winota attack with two things, and then uh, spin the wheel and put some ridiculous amount of power in the battlefield. Ideally, Tovalar's Huntmaster, which puts <laughs> ten yeah. power on the battlefield. Yikes! Um. There are other builds that are different than this one that we have uh, in the show notes where, like, I have Lion Lion Sash in here and Redain God of the Worthy. 
mm-hmm. and they're playing Courier's Briefcase, the new card from, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, from Streets of New Capenna. Because it's just backwards Prosperous Innkeeper. Oh, okay. Right, you cast the treasure and it makes a creature as opposed right. to casting the creature and making the treasure. Yeah. So it does the same thing. And like you can't like you can't hit Lion Sash off of uh off of Owenota trigger. Right. Right, just like you can't hit Courier's briefcase. So you don't actually go down any hits, mm-hmm. but you increase the number of times you have uh four mana on turn three with multiple creatures that can attack. So just like the Mardu deck, this deck's fail case is playing Naya mid-range. Yeah, I mean, it does a pretty good job of that. Clears yeah. out blockers, makes a big thing. Yeah, so Brutal Cathartic clear out blockers. Kilvalar's yeah. Huntmaster is a big thing. Some of them have, uh, like, one... Oh, what is his name? Kenrith, the Return King? Yeah. Right, if that resolves, then you just get to, like, give all your stuff, trample and haste, and win the game that way. Yep. It has Azekas Chariot. Yep. As big like good mid range that threat that is also two things mm-hmm. uh to trigger your Winota. So you don't even really have to like get your Winota. You can just play like a fair game. But the games where you get Winota, you just end them on like turn three. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay. Or effectively end them on turn three. But you also have like the the big advantage this deck has is when everyone makes that decision that they're playing against Winota, what do they have to do? They have to hold their like one removal spell and their one to two mana to kill the oh. Winota. Right? right? So like if you just go like mana dork in the prosperous innkeeper and then like play Athalia or play Azika's Chariot. Chariot. Or they're gonna use the removal spell on a cat? <laughs> well, no, because what if you have it next turn? Right. And then they just get clowned. Yeah, right? they're, so, they're playing like a turn and a half behind, basically. It's almost like how, um, again, to for old-timey modern people, when you played against Splinter Twin, right? Yeah. You were like, oh, I can't really tap out on my turn three because they could just pester my twin me and I lose. Mm-hmm. Right, so and then you're in this weird spot of do I have to hold up my removal spell? And then like you hold up your removal spell and they're just like, fine, I'll like draw some cards. Yep. And then they just keep playing. And here oh, it's yeah. like, oh, you held up your removal spell, fine, I'll play something, I'll play Fable of the Mirror Breaker. And now you have to answer this thing. Yeah, you're gonna kill my goblin instead. Yeah. So like they just put you in a really bad spot, so you're always kind of like playing scared. Mm-hmm. So like the the Esper like the the Grease Fang answer to this like Mardu is you get to play a little scared and like get some things on the battlefield but then like you can like chip away and then all of a sudden be like 13 you and give yourself a chance to not die. So yep. Um like it is a very good deck. It is super annoying. There are other builds that have Agent of Treachery. The combo yeah. that got uh, Winota banned out of uh, <laughs> out of whatever format that was, uh, historic, yeah, right. Like that is still a thing. I had my 
on my second land drop stolen. Insta concession. Second, second second land drop. They were on the play and they turned three one noted and hit an agent of treachery and took my second land drop. They missed their third land drop and they got my second land drop to be their third. <laughs> I was like, well that's just not even fair. Like that's just yeah. mean. So I don't know, um uh, Magic AIDS was trying oh what is it called? Is it Welcome to the Feast or something? Um it's the three mana instant that look at the top five cards, put a creature in your hand, make a citizen. Okay. As a way to make a citizen and increase your chances of drawing Winota. All right. Uh, it didn't go super well for him. He wasn't sure. He said it's like a 29% chance that you hit Winota hmm. when you cast it. So roughly like one in four. Yeah. So he said it wasn't like quite consistent enough, but it is something to consider if you want to like try to lead another combo even more. It's like, again, like you read it as an instant and you like, don't put it together. But if it was like a three mana one, one that like looked at the top four cards and put a creature in your hand, you'd be like, this is pretty good. Mm. So things to think about this deck, depending on how you build it has all of its cards from pioneer. Yeah. So in best of one, I think this is the best deck. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I think its only competition is blue white because like blue white is really good in best of one because you can't sideboard like because you have ten dead cards in your in your deck or six dead cards in your deck, right? Like you lose every game against blue white that you like have two fatal pushes in your opening hand. Mm-hmm. You're like oh, yeah. this is great against like elf and they're like hollowed fountain and you're like oh man, <laughs> like I don't think I can win this now. So, but this is, this is the deck that I think you have to look out for in best of one and probably best of three. Yeah. It's in both. Yeah. You have to have a plan. Like, what is your plan to beat this deck? As opposed to just like, oh, I'll figure it out. It's like, no, no, you have to have like, so in the sideboard of this deck, I put in two red cap melees, right? Because if you're playing the mirror, you bring in your red cap melees, you you pop their Winota, they tapped out for it. Hopefully you get to then play your Winota when they don't have mana and then you get to win. As opposed, so you have to have some sort of like, here's my plan to win this matchup. So yeah, so those are all the decks we saw or that that we thought looked good. Seth took care of all the other ones for us. Thanks, Seth. (laughs) Yeah. So There's a lot on there. Um, we, We didn't hit on the sacrifice decks. Um, we didn't hit on some of the mid-range decks. We didn't hit on the fires decks. Um, they're all in his article if you wanted to check them out. Um, like I said, I think Brian's going to try and put a link yeah. in the description. I'll get them in there for or, you. Or, you know, I scrolled through. If you're watching the video, you can kind of pause and look at what was there. Um, I've also been playing like a just a regular Rakdos mid-range deck. Um, I kind of just threw it together over the weekend and it's still kind of a work in progress. So I didn't feel the, feel the need to, you know, share it on, on the show here, but yeah. maybe if it turns into something, I will. Yeah. But I think that explore, like explore is a good place for you to get enough of a pioneer feel for pioneer that as long as you're not really interested in some of the decks that uh, Seth will have in his, like does not work. Yeah. Uh, as he points out, 
if your deck is named after a card that is not in the format, <laughs> your deck will not work. Yeah. Right. So as long as you're not like really interested in one of those decks, right? Like you can get a pretty authentic feel for like, okay, if I go to my Pioneer FNM, like these are the kind of things I can expect to see. This yeah, is I mean, my... the downside is you're not going to get to play against it before FNM either. Exactly. Like if, you're, not... if you're jamming Grease Fang into uh, like Lotus Field or something like. Yeah, you don't know how that goes. Yeah. But, like, we've talked about before, like, preparing for tournaments. Like, when mm -hmm. we uh, prepared for that Legacy tournament years ago now, right? We we couldn't play every matchup, but you could sit down right. and think about, like, okay, what is my plan for Lotus Field? Yeah. And it's like, oh. What like, are they trying to do? What can I do to disrupt them? What cards do I have to bring in? Blah, 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 blah. And, like, you can, you can still, like, come up with a reasonable plan without having played the matchup. Mm -hmm. Um. But it does, like, you know, you just can't then test that plan, yeah. right? Your testing is, like, at your FNM as opposed to, like, sitting on the toilet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Trial by fire. Yeah. But you can still, like, get a sense of, like, how your deck plays out. Like, what are the lines? Like, oh, if I have this opening hand, what are the things I need to draw? Or what should I play towards? Right? As opposed to, like... You know, not like in historic, it was so oftentimes I would just go like, well, that wasn't helpful. Like when my opponent went like Dragon Race Chandler into Faithless Looting into like Unholy Heat. And it's just like, yeah, like I just like lost to a legacy deck. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. Moving on. It's like I didn't learn anything here. But here, like you're going to pretty much learn something in like most of your matchups because most of the decks that are getting played are the decks that are like at the top of the pioneer meta. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they put, when they do their, uh, whatever it's called, uh, their historic anthology, it's just like 20 pioneer cards. Well, I, I, I think that's what they said to expect. Yeah. But it's 20 pioneer cards that like fill in some holes mm -hmm. that like, you know, give us, you know, Bant spirits or, Blue white spirits are filling some cards for five color humans. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I think that we're many, many moons away from them being like hidden strength. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one of the last decks they'll put on. Yeah. But like you're going to get a sense of like how things work. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not perfect testing, but it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. So with that, you guys have decks to play. You have some draft strategies. Yeah, I wish I knew that going into this weekend. <laughs> Save myself a whole bunch of gold and gems. Yeah, well, I I learned about the uh, aggressive decks by losing. Yeah. By being on the cool side where I'm playing like five color nonsense and then just not being able to block for three turns <laughs> and like losing the game. So yeah. I didn't come up with that like I didn't come up with that out of whole cloth. I was like, oh, why am I losing? Oh. They just played three falters that drew them a card. Oh, that's, ooh, <laughs> gotcha. that's a problem. Oh, I, I just took like eight every turn for three turns and I died. Mm. <laughs> also, what was it? The Mr. Feo, the boulder. Mm -hmm. I had a game. I was feeling good. And my opponent just goes, um, I was like, okay, I'll get in some damage here. Like, okay, looking at it, I'm going to take like five this turn because they had like two creatures or something and they 
blitzed a girder goons and made it an eight four. And I was like, oh, I'm taking 11. I'm dead. <laughs> I was like, oh, where did that come from? Yikes. This is not okay. So, yeah. So with all of that, I think we have a show. I think we have a show. So if you want to get at us, uh, tell us what you're playing in Explore or any decks you want us to try. Uh, get at us at, in, on our social medias or in uh, Discord. Yeah, all, all the those... links should be down in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget, if you're looking to pick up any singles, we would really appreciate it if you'd use our TCG play- player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryardmtg.com. Follow that link to get to TCG player. Whatever you do after that, we will get credit for. Helps us out a lot. Um, also, if you guys like what we do and want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Whatever you can afford, we would appreciate. Uh, patrons get access to our show notes. They get access to our pre-show. And you get put on my mailing list every couple months. I send you something out as a, a little thank you. Um, so if you want to help us out, like what we do, you can support us there. Uh, we have our tournament coming up May 14th, Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. East Coast time. It's going to be standard pauper, just like last time. Uh, hopefully a little bit wider field this time. So make sure you sign up for that over at MTG Melee. And I think that's all I got. You got anything else? Oh, our YouTube channel. YouTube channel. Where you can yeah. watch us. We're putting am... a lot of effort into our YouTube videos lately, so make sure you, you check those out. Many, 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 many of me uh, drafting. The yep. whole spectrum. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so check us out on YouTube. Casual Trailer MTG on YouTube. All right. And with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet.